The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I have a great guest for us today, but first and foremost, I need to say the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Steve Sabo and his three books, that is Jester's Run, Kayla's Gone, and How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy. I personally read cover to cover How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy. It's a phenomenal book. I love it. I keep it by my nightstand, and I fumble through the pages every now and again, uh, even though I read it cover to cover. You can find all of these at his website, stevesabo.com, or you can find them on Amazon. If you type in the promo code Ride Home Rants, you will get free shipping on these books. That's Jester's Run, How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy, and Kayla's Gone. Also, the show is also brought to you by good friend of the show, Wendy Kunish and Platinum Realty out of Willoughby, Ohio. She sent me and the wonderful manager of the show, Johnny Fitty Falcone, uh, hats for the winter, which are coming in handy living in Ohio for both of us when it was a whopping four degrees today. Uh, thank you, Wendy. She's the one you need to see if you're in, in the, in, oh my God, I cannot talk. In the, in the market for a, ha- a uh, house or anything like that in real estate, look her up and look up Platinum Realty. That being said, my guest today, I've already said his name, it is one of the sponsors for the show in his books, Steve Sabo joins the show. Steve, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Hey, glad to have you on, and always glad to talk to a fellow comic. Um, most don't know, he doesn't just write books, he is a comedian too as well. Um, so, Steve, tell the people a little bit of how you got into comedy. Yeah, I would say I was, I'm, a, I'm a comedian first and foremost, right? Um, I've been a comedian for 32 years. How I started was uh, kind of interesting. I was in college. I was at the, I was going to the University of Miami, Florida, and they had a contest, the Certs College Comedy Competition, back in the day. 
And, uh, you know, there's flyers up everywhere around campus. And I just, uh, you know, I've always liked comedy. I was always a comedian fan. Like, uh, I grew up listening to, you know, Eddie Murphy and, uh, and, uh, Sam Kennison and, and George Carlin and all those people and just like really loved comedy. But I never once thought I'd ever do it, you know, at that point in time. I didn't even know how you did it. Like, how do you become a comic? Right. It's just because, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, you always think that, you know, because there's no school for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like I wouldn't know how to become an astronaut, but there's got to be some sort of methodology to get there. But comedy is a, is a different type of thing. Like I didn't, I thought comedy. There's clubs in New York, there's clubs in LA, and that was it. Like that's that's all that existed. But um, had no idea there was comedy anywhere else. But they had a contest, and I thought, man, it would be fun to do this. Um, but no way, there's no way. I don't have the guts. So every day I'd walk by these flyers and walk by these flyers and walk by these flyers until the very last day that you were allowed to sign up. Uh, which was like four days before the contest, I said, you know what? I'm going to call. And this is kind of, I'll be honest, this is, this is kind of like my, my, my cop out is that I thought to myself that they're going to be filled you know, there's, there's going to be no spots available, but you know, at least I tried, you know, I could you know give myself that little, that little thing, but they're like, sure, we'll make room for you. And then immediately it was like, Oh, great. Now, instead of having a month to prepare, I have three <laughs> days, you know? So it kind of, uh, kind of bit me in the ass there, but, uh, but I did. I signed up for it, and and I wrote some stuff, and I performed it, and uh, <clears throat> man, <clears throat> instantly, instantly hooked. Like instantly, like the feeling I got, and you probably have the same feeling. I think that's the only reason people do comedy more than once is they had that feeling that first time, and then uh, you know, ever since then, it's just been you know, something I wanted to do. And I didn't think I was going to do it as a career. I was still in college and, you know, I was, you know, actually I went to school for journalism, creative writing. So my goal was to be a writer all the way along. It just took me 30 years to come full circle to do that. So. Hey, I can relate to that story almost a hundred percent. I, I had a buddy of mine. Um, his name was Tom Nelson. I know it, he, he's booked you on the show uh, before uh, he was not serious into comedy, but he, he he had fun with it. But he was running this little show out of this little dive bar back home in Steubenville, Ohio. And he had built it up to where it was finally he could start paying his comics. And then mm-hmm. like four or five days before the show, a comic dropped out. And the venue was being so particular about it. Like, no, if you if you don't feel the full show, we're not going to pay anybody. Like they were, oh, wow. they were, they were being just complete dicks about it. And he finally called me, and he's been asking me to go up and go up and go on. And I was like, dude, no, that's your thing. I mean, I everyone thinks I'm funny, but I'm gonna tell you, I have crippling stage fright. I can't sit in front of a room of people and just and talk into a microphone. I will pass out. I'm letting you know that now. And he <laughs> goes, just just do it, just do it. You, you'll be doing me a huge solid. I was like, you know what, man, for you. I'll try. If I pass out, just drag me off stage. I'm sure it'll be funny to somebody in in the room, and they'll get a big <laughs> laugh out of me passing out on stage. But he was like, all right, I'll write your jokes for you, too. I was like, no, man, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to write my own jokes, and I'm going to go on. Well, I show up to this venue like an hour and a half early just because I was like, all right, it's a bar. I need to get some liquid courage in me because if I don't, I'm going to to just freeze and just be standing there for however long he has me on stage. And I went up and I absolutely killed the room on my first time going up. And to the point where 
everybody else after me wasn't as funny as as I was. I don't know what it was, and like just from that instant, that laughter that came back, I was hooked a hundred percent. And like that was nine years ago, and I, I I'm glad I never looked back from it. And trying to trying to be a comic, it was it was the most surreal experience I had, and I never thought I would enjoy it. And I love every minute of comedy. Um, so y- you've obviously probably traveled all over for for comedy. Do you have any like horror stories about any bad experiences that you've had on the road? <laughs> I make sure you said horror stories, horror, right? Just- horror, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, sure, of course. Uh, so many stories, and uh, trying to think of. So I'll, I'll tell you a great a great hotel story, and then I'll tell you uh, you know as far as that goes, and I'll tell you a, a show story, which okay. same similar things. So I was doing the show in Alabama. I'm trying to think of the name of the city, um, and it was a it was a weird name of a city, but it was outside of uh, Columbus, Georgia. So it was on on the Alabama side. Columbus, Georgia is on a, is on the border of Alabama and um, and uh, uh, Georgia, and it was on the on the Alabama side. And uh, so when I booked the venue, you know, I told them I needed lodging and stuff like that. And they said, well, you know, what kind of lodging? I go, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really have to be like a, a name brand hotel. This is my mistake. I said that it doesn't need to be a name brand hotel. <laughs> the closer to the venue, the better. Right. Okay. They said, we have a hotel next door. Perfect. <clears throat> I'll stay there. Right. So I show up and, uh, and they go, yeah, just go over next. And they had a key, whatever they, you know, he goes, we, we got a key. You just go over there. So I, I go there and, uh, uh, I drive over there, and I'm with my uh, my feature acts in the car with me. And when you drive, we're driving over because it's just like you know, just a just basically a yard across, and it's one of those really crappy, you know, um, what those ones that with a with a you pull right up to your door, you know, oh, those okay. type of uh, yeah. hotels. And uh, as I'm driving in there, I see some guy that's not wearing a shirt on a riding lawnmower, and he's just giving these kids rides around the yard, right? And uh, he's got a kid on his lap who's just wearing a diaper, like maybe a one-year-old, something like this, just wearing a diaper. And the guy and the kid are both drinking beer. Like, like I don't know if the kid's beer was empty, but he's, you know, kid had a beer, a can of beer. And I'm like, oh, this can't be good. I pull up to my, right up to my room, and I see that my door is open to the room that I'm supposed to be staying at. And there's people inside. So... I'm like, well, this is clearly a mistake. You know, I'm looking at my key, I'm looking at the door number. So I go up to the front desk and I go, hey, uh, there's people in my room. They go, no refunds. I go, no, no, no. I just got here. There are people in my room. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how they got, I don't, you know, how do I know that you didn't let them in? Because I just got here. That's how <laughs> you don't know, you know? So I just went and just bought my own hotel somewhere else. I said, there's no way I'm dealing with this. I, I, God knows, you know, this. What are they doing in there? You know, selling crack, doing heroin. I'm like, who knows, right? Right. Just a horrible, dilapidated room. Not staying there. That was a that was a weird place in in and of itself because that same night, um, this the manager wasn't there because the night before her boyfriend had dragged her from his monster truck, right? So she was injured, Uh and then at one point in time. I kind of wish I was making this up. There was a uh, um, an incident out in the parking lot where some guy shows up with a gun. You know, he's waving his gun around in the parking lot. And uh, so 
I've never been around that before. So as an idiot, I'm up in the window with my face up to the glass, like, oh my God, what's going on? So my buddy grabs me and he goes, he goes, hey, idiot, you know, bullets go through windows, you dumbass, get down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that, that kind of does make sense. That's not, that's not good. So now I'm hunched down watching this action and uh, somebody goes and gets to cook. The cook, you know, comes out of the kitchen, takes off his apron, throws it on the ground, just walks out, punches the guy in the face, leaves him in the parking lot. The gun goes flying under the under the, some truck, and then he just walks back in, puts his apron back on, and goes back to work, leaving the guy just in the parking lot. I'm like, wow, you know, crazy shit, crazy. This, shit. this is this is what I tell people all the time: material rights itself. There's, mm. there's you can't make a story like that up. Like there's no way. No, I I base myself off of true stories, and I'll tell you a funny one. I know you've you've heard my my famous rape joke for when we worked together uh, in the past about my ex girlfriend and sleeping on one side of the bed because it was closest to the door for anybody who hasn't heard it, and she was afraid somebody was going to come in and rape her. It's a long story; you can find it on my YouTube. I was telling that story at a bar. This is long after me and her. Had, Broken up, obviously, and I looked back at the bar, and she was there. Oh, no. And everybody else in the place is dying laughing except for her. So I waited for the laughter to come down, and I was like, if you guys think I'm making this up, she's the one in the pink shirt standing at the bar giving me dirty looks. You can make sure the story is true or not. And she stormed out of there, but it was the funniest thing that I just happened to look at. I was like, oh. She's here and listening to this story now and me talking about her and she knows it's her. That's funny. That's funny. Here, at least she went to the show. I mean, you got that. I don't think she knew it was comedy night there until she was already there. And she's like, well, I'm here. I guess I'll show up. And they didn't have a flyer, so my picture wasn't up. I don't even think she knew I was there until they said my name and I walked up on stage. And it was, it was just... That's by far still my favorite. That happened like seven years ago, and that's still my favorite moment as a comic is actually looking out into the audience and being like, oh, the person I'm talking about is right there. All right, this is going to go over well. So I know you said you went to school for like journalism and writing and creative writing and, and all that, so... What was the first book you you wrote? Was it Jester's Run? Was that the first book that... We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? (laughs) Just keep it... It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Same with cats. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two... I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day... (laughs) Started at the tail yeah. and just ate a little bit. I'd be fine, but if I didn't eat a cat for three months, I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, "Eat this cat," I'm trying to think of We're an acceptable scenario. About a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe it could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know. Comedy itself is a lot of writing. And I wrote when I was in high school and I wrote stories and stuff like that. And, you know, I had, you know, I started, you know, a dozen novels maybe, you know, and never finished them. And I had written a couple of screenplays in the past, but, you know, they never went anywhere. But uh, when the pandemic hit, 
what happened with me was that um, and I always had an idea for a novel in my head for about 10 years. And I just never had time to write. I've always been on the road. That's if, if you know anything about me, it's I work 52 weeks a year. I'm always traveling. I'm always around. And it's, it's very difficult when you're on the road to do anything but be on the road. You know, sometimes you're in a car for 10 hours, 14 hours, and you got to do a show and then, you know, uh, sleep for five or six hours and hit the road again. So it's really not a lot of time to do anything. And I just never really had the time. But um, all of a sudden, all the shows are shut down. Pandemic started and I had nothing but time. So I sat down every single day and uh, I said, I'm going to write every day until I've either finished this novel or the pandemic's over. But pandemic's not even over yet. And I, and I finished it, you know? So um, yeah, it's Jester's run. And uh, you know, they say to write about what you like or what you know, I guess is what they say, write about what you know. And so it's about a stand-up comedian who goes on the road and uh, well, he hooks up with some girl, catches a horrible disease. Now that's not the part that I know, just to clarify, <laughs> that's the plot point. Um, but um, yeah, it's like a science fiction action adventure thriller type book, and it's a it's a lot of fun. It's got action, it's got it's got comedy, it's uh it's got some uh, it's got just it's just a touch of science fiction. It's like you know, it's not like heavy science fiction. It's not like Aliens and and Star Wars or anything like that. But uh, it just has some science elements to it. And um, in fact, I got a really good compliment from a from a scientist that uh, she's a she's a lab tech scientist. And uh, she read the book and she goes, you know, the science is, it's, it's real. It's, you know, you did your research. It's, it's accurate. And, and I think that was the best uh, compliment I could get when the scientist read it and said, yep, that's exactly how it would work. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that, that's definitely a cool, cool thing to have if an actual scientist is telling you that you got your science right. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Because it's tough. When you, whenever you do stuff that, that you know, that's the easy part, right? But the stuff that you don't really know, you know, it's a lot of research and guesswork to see if you can get it right. You know, because there's, there's terminology. There's, you know, there's um, methodology. There's diff- the way certain people behave. Like, uh, you know, I, in my uh, third book, in, in Kayla's Gone, there's a, you know, there's a, the girl has a conversation with a police officer. So I had to have, conversations with the police officers and say, how would you react in this situation? What would you say? What would be your exact words? And what would you specifically do to make sure that it, that it's set right? Cause I don't want anybody to read it and then get, you know, taken out of the story because they go, well, that wouldn't happen. That's not real. That's not how it works. I want them to go, Oh yeah, that's exactly how it would happen. Yeah. That's, that, that's great. Uh, so Kayla's Gone is your, is your newest one. Uh, so uh-huh. t- tell us a little bit about, about Kayla's Gone. What, what goes on there in, in Kayla's Gone? Okay, so Kayla's Gone. Um, so when I wrote my first book, what happened was there was, uh, there was a couple characters in the book that people seemed to connect with. People were telling me um, that every time somebody told me about the book, I really like this person, I really like this person, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, it would be fun to write a completely unrelated book, but use those two characters in a second book, like what would happen if, you know, um, and so it's kind of like, I don't consider it a, a sequel. It's more like a, like a spinoff. It's a completely unrelated story, but it has some of the characters from the first one. So if you read the first book, you know, you get, you know, the further adventures of these people. And if you've never read the first book, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's, it's a standalone story. So you, you can jump in at any point. And it's about a woman who comes home from work 
to find that her 14-year-old daughter is missing. She's just gone without a trace. Just, she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know she was kidnapped. She doesn't know she ran away. She doesn't know what happened. So she's trying to figure it out. And uh, so she starts doing research into her daughter's life and talking to her friends and family and other people like that and finds out that her daughter was living a completely different existence than she even knew. There's all these secrets that she was keeping from her from her mother, things that she had no no knowledge about. So it's all about the the secrets that kids keep from from their parents and the and the, the hidden lives that they actually lead and all the things that we really don't know what's going on, you know, with the younger generation. Yeah, I I can just relate to that now because I I I didn't bring my parents up into my end of my comedy for a long time and then I started telling stories about them and stuff that I used to do. And I remember after I had posted the video of one of my sets where they were in it, and my dad called and was like, you did what when you were this age? I was just like, yeah, that that actually happened. That wasn't, I didn't make that up. Yeah, I actually did that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you actually have to be careful sometimes. True story, when I was in college one time, um, we thought it was funny. I was in Miami, and my you know my family was in Fremont, Ohio. And it's a, that's a 20 some hour drive, you know, 20 plus hour drive. So me and my friends on a whim on a weekend, we drove from Miami to Fremont just to egg my own house and then turn around and drive back down to Miami. It was like, it was like the perfect crime because I'm, you know, I'm thousands of miles away. Right. So years later, my mom's divorced from, he was my stepdad, divorced from him and all this kind of stuff. And I thought it'd be really funny to tell her that that happened and uh she was not happy at all to find out that just that was you i can't believe you would do that we had to repaint the house and i'm like going ah surprise <laughs> funny. she did not think it was funny at all so no yeah it's 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 funny to me because i i told the story about how and it was just like me sneaking out of house normal teenage kid stuff like and they were like, we had an alarm system. I was like, yeah, but you didn't think to put it on the upstairs windows. So, like, I would just hop out the window, and then I would just shimmy down the drain pipe. And I wasn't that heavy of a kid. I was 155 pounds. This is senior in high school. So I wasn't that – wasn't like I was breaking anything. And to right. this day, every time I go back, my dad has moved that drain pipe that was by my window – and moved into a. I was like, I don't live here anymore. Like, why are you putting that there? He goes, Your nephews stay here. They have YouTube. They can see your stuff. I was like, Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you don't want them getting out of the house. <laughs> but yeah, it's just yeah. I didn't think he would go that far as to move <laughs> a drain pipe that I used to shimmy down and get out of the house with. But oh, it's just. I, I've I've taken them out of the act for for, for most of them for most of them, for most part of it because yeah it's just uh, I would get so many calls from them like why do you, why are you telling that story it just like my dad used to call Facebook MySpace like for the longest time and I I told that story he's like now people think I'm an idiot I was like they don't know you like nobody knows who you are like it's fine. And he's just like, I was like, and it's not like you're showing up to all these shows when I'm all over the place and all this stuff. If I have one in West Virginia, yeah, you normally come, but you don't come to all the other shows, so they don't right. really get to see you. Now, <laughs> I, I really wanted to get into the one book, um, How to Fail at Stand-Up Comedy, and I got to yeah. tell you, it was a very eye-opening 
book for me to read. I, I read it cover to cover. I, I loved every minute of it, but every chapter, there was something in each chapter that I was like, oh, I did that. Yep, did that. Mm-hmm. Stay, yep, still doing that. Got to stop that. Oh, shit. Like, I did it with my wife, and I can tell everyone, I'm not that big of a reader. I don't, I don't like sitting down and reading books that much. But mm-hmm. I was I was locked into this book that my wife just was staring at me while I was <laughs> reading it. And I, I just remember looking over and going, what are, you, what are you doing? She was like, I've never seen you this invested into a book before. We've been together six years, and I've never once seen you pick up a book, let alone read it cover to cover. I was like, well, it's super informational. This is what I want to do with my life as being a comic and been doing it for nine years. And I'm realizing – I need to change some things. That's why we're we're still in this situation. I think I I think Steve's onto something here. So t- <laughs> tell everybody. I mean, just for the listeners out there uh, about how to fail at stand up comedy. Yeah, for sure. Now, first of all, I'll say that that's that's a huge compliment, and I thank you for that. And uh, and that's exactly the reason that I that I wrote the book. So um, and look, if, as you know, in the book, I've done almost every one of those things as well. You know, a lot of those things. And that's the whole exact reason why I did it is that um, I, I realized that there was a lot of books out there about how to start a career in stand-up or how to write some stuff and things like that. But there weren't any books that would really tell you the stuff that you're going to do along the way uh, that's wrong, that's going to make mistakes. So uh, what I did is I sat down and I contacted all these bookers I knew, all these agents, all these big-name com- comedians, and I asked them, what's something that a comedian could do that would make you never want to work with that person again? And I tried to compile all that information and I added my own personal stories and then I added, uh, you know, um, other things as well to just help people out. Right. Because there's nothing in that book that you can't learn on your own. But by the time you learn all that, it might be too late. You know, there's so many things in there that people do all the time and don't realize uh, that it's wrong until you see it in print. And then you go. Ah, oh, crap. That's right. I probably shouldn't do that. So there's, that's the whole point of it is there's so many things along the way where comics will say, you know, why am I not getting work from this person? Or, or why am I not farther in the business, you know, than I, than I should be? Or why is this guy not returning my calls? Or why, you know, why am I not getting the laughs that I, that I think I deserve? And hopefully it's all in there. And that's the whole plan is to, is any comedian, whether you've, if you've never picked up a microphone before, or you've been doing it for 30 years, you're going to find at least something in that book that that you probably didn't think about and might be the, the one thing that's holding your career back. So that's the whole point of the book. Yeah, and I got to tell you, it never fails. Uh, I, yeah, I got to tell you, it's it was so eye-opening. I've been doing comedy for eight years, eight years at the time when I read it. I just hit my ninth year this year in 2022. And it was just like... It was just one of those things where I was just like, I couldn't even like, I even started like highlighting stuff that I did in the book. Like, I was like, don't make sure. No, 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 no. And again, my wife was like, are you doing research? What are you? I was like, this is an informational book. I want to make it as a comedian. I'm trying to further this along here. And, but yeah, it's, it's a great book. Everybody needs to check these books out for sure. Like all of them. I'm actually, uh, about to purchase Kayla's Gone uh, here very soon. I was looking it up, and it was one of the books. I figured is promoting it. I'm, I, I want to read it, and now I'm definitely – I'm surprised I'm not already 
ordering it as we speak. But uh, it's 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 I'm definitely going to be getting all three of these books and and reading all three of them cover to cover. And I'm not I'm not that big of a reader, and I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Uh, yeah, but, friends tell me that uh, I've written more books than they've read. So <laughs> you, you have. I've you've written three books. I've read one. Uh, <laughs> but we, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. See, we're running down near the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. I always hide this segment from everybody, and it's from the wonderful manager of the show, Johnny Fitty Falcone. It is the Fast Fitty Five. It is five random questions. From the manager of the podcast, kind of rapid fire, and the reason I don't tell everybody is because the look on their face on how random these questions actually are brings <laughs> both of us so much joy. I don't even—he didn't even send these to me till today, so I don't even get to read these either. So, like I said, could be kind of rapid fire, but you can elaborate too as well. Okay. All right. Question number one. Oh, gee, he's starting off. Wow. If you could be a kitchen appliance, which appliance would you be? Wow. Yeah. If I could be a kitchen appliance, which appliance would I be? Uh, probably the coffee maker, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I live my entire life fueled on caffeine, so may as well be close to the source. That's what I think. Absolutely. I, I agree with that one. Question number two is Andrew Dice Clay an overrated or underrated comedian? He is an underrated comedian. If you, uh, when he first started doing stand up, he was a great impressionist. And he was, before he even got into that character as much as he, as, as he did, um, it's surprising. Like, I saw him a couple years ago doing all brand new material. And I thought, like, I went there kind of as a joke, thinking, like, oh, it's just going to be like a nostalgic thing. It's going to be terrible. And it wasn't. I, I laughed out loud at how good he actually is. He's very skilled. And uh, people just, I don't think a lot of people understand, you know, that what he's doing is a parody. He's not seriously telling people to treat women that way. It's, it's making fun of people that do treat women that way. And if you get that, if you understand that he's making fun of it, it's a hundred percent funnier. Absolutely. All right. Question number three. (laughs) He tries to make me laugh with these questions. Let me let me preference that, and this is why he waits to like the last minute to send me these. Because question number three is, who wins in a fight, Dracula or Spider Man? Ooh, well, I'm a big comic book fan, and that's actually an interesting question because um, Morbius is essentially, you know, Dracula in and of itself, right? right. And Spider Man and Morbius have have fought before. Um, so uh, the reason why, man, that's a that's a really tough one. I I put that up as as kind of a draw because it depends on 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 the circumstance. You know, it really depends. You're speaking to another comic book nerd. I I just read that question and it's wow. Uh. That's harder than than you think. You <laughs> yeah. know, because they both have extreme strength. Uh, obviously, they each have some weaknesses. You know, it's tough. That's a very tough question. All right, question number four. Would you rather be the strongest man in the world or the tallest man in the world? Oh, um, I think I'd rather be the strongest man in the world than the tallest man in the world because I would like to be taller than I am, but the tallest man in the world, that's kind of a, like a freak show, right? Yeah. 
it, uh, I think then it loses its appeal after say six foot six or so, you know, and, uh, being really tall and not being able to play basketball and not having, you know, the other skills involved, you know, that's just, uh, it'd be awkward. It'd be hard to, to get into a car. It'd be hard to get in, you know, walk in and out of doors. But if you're the strongest man in the world without changing your, your body size or body things, or whatever, that'd be kind of cool because you could, you could win most fights. You could, you know, uh, win all these competitions and really catch people off guard. Yeah. I think it'd be, I'd be the strongest man in the world. As someone who is six foot five, I definitely have to agree with you because I've become everybody's stepladder at this at this point in time. I grew up in a town where nobody was over five foot nine, and then there was me, and they were like, "Hey, can you reach that?" Like it, I was just reaching stuff for everybody. It was it was insane. All right, question number five: Would you rather be Donald Duck or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, man, that's tough because neither one of them wear pants, and that would be the one I would go for out of the gate. So uh, that makes it tough. I think I would go, wow, man. The problem with Donald Duck is that he speaks with a lisp, but his uncle is a billionaire, and that's that's pretty good. But... He's also a Scrooge, so he's probably not giving up that money. On the other hand, Winnie the Pooh lives in the woods, eats a lot of honey. See me trying to reason my way through this one here? <laughs> I, uh, man. Um, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go out and say Winnie the Pooh for no reason, really. Just, just going for it, you know? <laughs> I like how you went to the pantsless portion of it because as soon as I read that question in my mind I said well they both don't wear pants That's, that would have been an easy decision if one of them had pants on I was going with the pantsless one it's <laughs> yeah. just funny that you yeah I guess that maybe that's the comic mentality that's where our brains go huh <laughs> no pants don't need them uh, but uh, that was the fast 55 and I gotta tell you these questions have been getting more and more random as this segment goes on Steve it's just it's it's to the point now where like he he's legit like trying to make me laugh while i'm reading these questions to to people and it's uh it's it gets me every time and he's i think it's a little like it's a win for him ah, i made a comic laugh I, I i i'm not a comic and i did it and it's just he's he's great but since we are running down near the end of the episode, I give every guest this opportunity. So anything you need to get out there, whether that be about the books, any comedy shows you have going on or anything like that, the floor is yours, my man. Okay, sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd love for people to pick up the books. Um, the the one book is obviously the comedy book. It definitely relates to anybody who, who wants to uh, have anything to do with uh, a career in comedy or know anything about the the. the the inside of business of comedy or, or even entertainment business in general. The other two books are, are thrillers. They're both uh, novels. And, uh, you know, I'm, if I don't, if, you know, if I say so myself, I think they're pretty good. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback off of them and I'm very proud of putting them out. They're not like little books. They're not like, uh, you know, 30 page, you know, little flip through things. They're like 300 page long books that, uh, but you know, Again, they're page turners, so uh, you can get through them pretty quickly, I think. And 
you know, want people to pick those up and they get a chance and let me know what they think about the books. Um, coming up, I've got, let's see, I've got some shows. I'm, I'm going to be in Fort Walton beach on March 5th. I'm going to be at the, uh, uh, at the, at the comedy house. No, no, that's not where I'm at. I'm at the comedy zone down there. Um, I'm also going to be, where else do I got? I got, uh, I had my schedule up here a second. I know that, uh, um, you said that, uh, we're recording this a little bit early. I know this is a, you know, it's just, it's shocking people to know that. Yeah. And uh, I got to see where, uh, where is this at? February. I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to be at the Akron Civic Center on Wednesday, February 23rd. And at the, uh, the very next day, I'll be at Bogies. These are uh, Akron, Akron, Ohio, the Akron, Ohio Civic Center. And then uh, Bogies is, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where Bogies is, but it's not there on a Thursday. The next day after that, so I'll be out in the uh, in the Ohio area for my Ohio people, and uh, you know, yeah. If you get a chance, check out my website at stevesabo.com, S-T-E-V-E-S-A-B-O.com. My full schedule will be on there, so you can see all the places I'll be because I'm going to be everywhere. Awesome, great! I'm, I'm so glad that you ended with the schedule because I do have to let everybody know I will also be performing in February the 12th. So. Three days after the show will air, I will be at the Mad Lab Theater in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Uh, go in and get your pre-order tickets right now. There's only 100 seats. I, I don't know how many are still going to be available. I hope there's still t- seats available for you. Uh, pre-order are $15. You can get them $20 at the door. I got a lot of great comics coming, coming to the slate. It's a 9 p.m. show. Be there. We're going to bring the funny to Columbus, Ohio. Steve, thanks for coming on the show, my man. I really appreciate it. I always love talking to a fellow comic and especially getting it out there about your books and everything like that. That thanks, man. That is going to do it for us here at the Ride Home Rants podcast. As always, if you enjoy the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That's going <laughs> to do it for us, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants Podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.